Good afternoon and welcome to the first day of spring. This is episode 13 of Section Hiking the Appalachian Trail. I'm your host, John Eskelson, and today I'm asking the question, to hike or not to hike? That is the question. With the novel coronavirus sweeping through the United States, with significant efforts underway to improve personal hygiene and social distancing, with mass telework and layoffs and shops shutting down, and the impacts of health on our social fabric and on our long-term economy, uh, this is big. Medical experts, politicians, and normal folks like you and me are all trying to do our best. Even Gal Gadot got, tried to get into the mix by encouraging her Hollywood friends to sing us the song Imagine, which I may give her the benefit of the doubt. It was well-intentioned, just not as well-received. I've been reminded the past couple weeks that crises are a period where one's true nature isn't created, but often revealed. And as we have seen, several people around the world have become true heroes through this early stretch of the virus's passage. And then there's those who've shown themselves to be clearly deficient in a number of ways. Before we go further, I just wanted to remind you that this podcast is brought to you by the Committee to Restore America's National Parks. Uh, it is an everyday advocacy group for people like you and me who are concerned about our national parks and uh, the $12 billion in the maintenance backlog uh, that currently exists in our national parks infrastructure. If this coronavirus bill is any good, it will pass legislation that will, uh, that will remedy this situation. It has the support of the vast majority of House members and senators. It just needs uh, floor time to get brought up. So hopefully that will happen. Now we'll return to the show. So as of today, on March 22nd, the guys and gals at the website worldindata.org, the link is in the show notes, outlined that worldwide there have been approximately 305,000 cases of COVID-19 with approximately 13,000 deaths worldwide. The, now, the number of cases in reality is probably higher because we can't rely on numbers coming out of more authoritarian governments like China, Iran, Russia, and North Korea. In the United States, where I live, we've had approximately 350 deaths as of today with over 27,000 cases of people with the virus. It's a real serious situation. My sister-in-law has uh, tested positive uh, for the coronavirus, and uh, my brother is trying to get a test. So it's a real situation, and we shouldn't estimate the, the problems and difficulties associated with it. My family has been at home this past week as my employer has gone to maximum telework, and we'll be probably going to mandatory telework, the difference being that we won't have the opportunity to engage in routine access into our building anymore. Um, on top of that, my kids' school have been canceled for the past week, over the past week, and I don't know uh, what Fairfax County is going to do, but we're hearing that other counties in Virginia have said that they're going to be out all the way through April 14th. I've also read that Florida and Kansas have already canceled their school for the rest of the year. Holy cow. Anyway, here we're practicing our social distancing and staying away from groups larger than 10 and just trying to stay healthy in general. You know this is serious because after 9-11, and then again after the Great Recession in 2008, we basically kept on as normal as possible. 
and we are encouraged to spend money by our government to keep the economy go uh, going. And that's not the case today. A bunch of st stores have shuttered, at least temporarily, until the end of March, and restaurants and bars are either closed or doing only takeaway meals. Even some of the big national parks, which originally were touted as being open for people, um, the ones in the West have closed down and states like Maryland and New Jersey have shut down their support for uh, state parks and shelters along the Appalachian Trail. This state action is part of a bigger conversation within the hiking and backpacking community as to whether or not people should or should not go camping. Uh, the Appalachian Trail Conservancy re issued a press release encouraging people to delay or reschedule their through hikes and extended long hikes. The reason for the recommendation is multifold and it makes a lot of sense. First, March and April is the nor traditional start time for northbound hikers who are hiking the Appalachian Trail, where up to 100 people a day are going to start at Spring Mountain or Amicola Falls State Park and the shelters and campsites at the southern end of the trail are extraordinarily crowded. The ATC also know that those on the trail who contract COVID-19 uh, should have the financial resources to self-quarantine for 14 days, and that that's kind of costly. They know also that a number of businesses and services will not be available along the trail, including trail angels and volunteers who normally support those through hikers um, going northbound. And because of the ability of the coronavirus to spread in shelters and in large groups or even small groups, it was advised that hikers should avoid shelters and other points of congregation for overnights, as well as avoiding privies. Finally, the recommendation was made because so many of the trail communities don't have robust healthcare or other systems that could handle a bunch of sick through hikers in addition to whatever's happening in their own community. This would cause unnecessary stress in those communities. I also saw other articles from like Outdoor Magazine in which there are several articles about the impacts of camping in the time of COVID-19 with one notable argument identifying two different ideas. One that people should go outside and explore the outdoors, which would be considered a low risk activity. At the same time, the other school of thought in this article notes that clusters of hikers and groups of friends hiking together could facilitate the spread of the virus. Additionally, a lot of through hikers during this time would put additional challenges onto local law enforcement and local infrastructure and trail towns. So that kind of makes sense, especially for those engaged in traditional through hiking. I also understand why folks wouldn't want people like me doing a longer section trail hike along the trail. So I think I can hold off on making a decision as to whether or not um, to do my longer section hike at the end of April. We'll have to wait until we're closer before we figure that out. But there is a proximate question as to whether I ought to do another overnighter next week uh, along the Appalachian Trail back up in Pennsylvania, where I was last weekend. So I think what we're going to do is we're going to bring in my wife, who is a lawyer, and more importantly, in our family, the all-time judge. But before we do that, we need to go to a sponsor. All right, so the judge is here. Hey there. So this is this is my wife, Emily, who is also our local judge. What kind of things do you normally judge? Well, I was first declared all-time judge because of this raging banana grams 
contests that we have going on over the years. And there was just so much contention that the only way to resolve it was to have an all-time judge. So I declared myself all-time judge and um, trained everyone to understand them. When I made a ruling, that ruling was decided. There and was no appealing and no reason to argue with it because they were not all based on reason. Lots of my rulings are arbitrary, and I am fine with that. So has your judging uh, extended beyond Bananagrams. Well, high? once I got comfortable being all-time judge for bananagrams, it turns out it's very convenient to have an all-time judge in the house. And especially one who takes into account all sorts of factors, like people's current moods and whether they've been nice to me that day and what other things might make for a more peaceful household. So, yeah, I don't abuse my powers. If a situation doesn't need an all-time judge, I certainly don't insert myself. But when I sense an impasse approaching, I can head it off by making a ruling. Works great. Okay, so the issue of today is we're going to hold off on the issue of whether I should section hike a portion of the Appalachian Trail at the end of April. Because that's like a month away. Okay, what's the issue today then? The issue today is whether I should go camping next week, next weekend... For, you know, for another uh, uh, kind of overnighter, uh, kind of shakedown hike mm -hmm. back up to Pennsylvania into the woods um, and try it out. Now, here's the, the argument. We'll, we'll make uh, the affirmative arguments will be against, and then the opposing arguments will be for going up. Okay. So the reasons not to go up is because um, while the trail is open... Any services up, <clears throat> up in Pennsylvania would probably close, which means if I need something, like um, the plan would be to stay at a state park, which is available for people to hike and disperse on their own, um, but they won't have any you know services there. Um, so I'll be a few miles away from any sort of... What kind of services would you need? I don't think I'll need any, but I'm just saying like if I needed some services, I wouldn't have access to them. And also, um, you know, there's, there is this desire from a lot of folks um, like the Appalachian Trail Conservancy and state parks people and other people to try to get as many people off the trails as possible. Um, they're, but they're particularly focused on through hikers and people starting in Georgia heading northbound on the Appalachian Trail where there's like 100 people a day starting. Um, because they don't want the trails to get crowded, correct? Right. And they don't want the, the shelters to be super crowded with like tons and tons of people to congregate together. With me, it's going to be probably just myself. Anyway, anyway, those are the, some of the arguments in favor of it, in favor of not doing it. Because of the risk of other people being around, because of lack of services in case something happens, because of just the overall challenges associated with with everything um, and the, the the risk that's out there and that I am, you know, I don't think that I am symptomatic, but like let's hypothesize that I catch it in the next week. Right. Well, you could have it now and I could be carrying have it. it. Correct. So in any case, you shouldn't be interacting with people, whatever this hiking may include. Correct. If it's, if it's sure to include a lot of physical interaction, then no, you shouldn't go. Now here's the other, now here's the, the con side. 
uh, the, the side that says you should, I should go ahead and do it. One, uh, in this part of the woods is going to, because the, the state park is going to be closed, there won't be a lot of people on the trail. Two, it's likely to be rainy this weekend, so there'll even be fewer people out on the trail. Three, I plan to either be myself or with one other person who uh, we will, would maintain proper social distancing and the like. And four, it'll be two weeks since um, I've been kind of really out and about. I mean, I've really only limited myself to very few places. Oh, because you won't have been going to work for two weeks by then. Two, three. Okay. Are you ready for my ruling? I have a few questions to ask beforehand. Okay. The first question is, is it legal for you to be camping in these areas? Yes. Okay. Um, my next question is, um, do you have a plan for if things go wrong? If you start exhibiting symptoms, if you get a sprained ankle? Um, yes, I always have a plan for that stuff. Okay. So um, here's what I think. I think um, there has to be some way to know whether people are following this recommendation to not start their through hikes. So I think in between now and then it would behoove you to pay attention and to see, you know, how many people are on the trails. Is it one of those things where it's like, Oh, nobody's going to see the cherry blossoms, but then it turns out everybody is going to see the cherry blossoms because they're all home from work and they're bored. Yeah. That they're like, well, there'll be nobody there so I can go. Well, the, I think the challenge with that is that all these people are down in Georgia, right? And you might have some people starting north, starting at like um, Harper's Ferry and heading north. Mm -hmm. But, you know, this is up in Pennsylvania. So, oh, that makes sense. They won't have made it. So through hikers won't be there. No. Okay. I do have some self-interest in this because that's the kind of judge I am. I think it's entirely fair for me to include my self-interest. And my self-interest is that I want you to go. It makes you so much more cheerful. And um, that's the whole thing, actually. It just makes you so much more cheerful when you get a chance to go hiking. So public safety is not part of your decision-making? Public safety is a part of it. But I have not heard any evidence today that has led me to believe that you being on a trail poses a risk to public safety. Um, if you are on a trail and someone else has similarly decided to ignore recommendations and go on that trail, that person is not in any kind of vulnerable population. You're not going to have people with significant underlying health issues that are on the trail. You're not going to have symptomatic people on the trail. You're not going to have elderly people on the trail um, because that's that wouldn't make any sense. So I think also it's local to us. It's local. You have backup plans. If you get out there and things smell wrong, then you can scuttle on out of there. And um, and I think if you proper if you practice proper trail etiquette of like leave no trace well don't get close to people um it's a much safer place to go than a grocery store 
you still have to go to grocery stores and people understand that and you do your best and you use your hand sanitizer. But if you're out on a trail and it's crowded, you need to leave. And if you're out on a trail and it is not crowded, then your amount of opportunity to exchange the virus is so limited. Um, it just, there aren't surfaces on the trail that are going to hold that virus and then other people can come pick it up from you later. Um, if you, you know, if you're being a good steward of the environment, you're also not leaving the virus along with you as you go. I think you'll be fine. If you go with one other person who also understands the risks, which is what I prefer, I prefer you to not go alone. Obviously, that's a safety consideration right there. I'll check with some others. Um, but secondly, if you have cell service, will you? Mm -hmm. If you have cell service mainly where you're Partially. going, um, I think you'll be totally fine. In fact, I think if everybody went out into the woods and just chose different word, woods from each other, we'd probably uh, lick this thing pretty quickly. They're actually using uh, state parks in Georgia and Louisiana as places to hold people with the virus. Well, they did that during the Spanish flu. They had outdoor hospitals because it healed people so much more quickly. And that's, I mean, that just makes a lot of sense that you're going to pass along a virus much more quickly in an enclosed building than you are in the open air. I'm totally fine with your going under this following proviso. Here is my provisos, provisions. Um, first, you understand that for any reason this trip could get canceled. Yes. So you are watching the National Park websites, you're watching the news, you're seeing kind of what's going on out there. Second, you have a plan. Um, if anything goes wrong, you're not going to be reliant on local resources because that's unfair. You don't get to go out in a time of danger and then call 911 and be like, somebody better come rescue me because that's not what 911 is for. 911 is for the people with COVID. So if you have a plan that allows you to take care of yourself should something go wrong. Um, and then third, once you're out on the trail... Um, if things aren't right, if you're not able to stay safe and keep people around you safe, if there are too many people out there, um, then you say, well, it was a nice try, and you come on home. Okay. And that is my ruling. All right. Thank you, Judge. You're welcome. I quite enjoy it. She has now left and gone back to her crosser puzzle. Uh, so we'll see how this goes. We'll see how the judge's ruling holds up over the next week, and I'll give you a readout on next week's podcast if the hike happens. I think that's it for us today. Uh, feel free to leave us a rating on your podcasting platform of choice. Um, and check us out at Instagram and on Twitter at section underscore hiking underscore the underscore AT. We'll be next week and look forward to catching up with you. Have a good day.